You're listening to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, the place for an intentional mom to build a strong family. Today, we're joined by a special guest. We'll spend 10 minutes on the topic of manners in preschool age children, and then I'll switch gears with you and we will do part one of dealing with lying in our children. I'm excited to have a fun guest on our show today. This is my second oldest daughter, Becca, and she has two little boys that happen to be the cutest grandsons in the world. And uh, let's see, they are almost two and just turned three. He's 36 months. So Becca, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. I'm really excited to be here. You know, so Becca's been visiting for the last week here and with the two little boys, and it's been so fun for me. You know what I think one of my favorite parts of having the boys here is Asher, the 23-month-old. He has this little food dance. Every time you put his food in front of him to eat, this his little body just starts this little dance. He's so happy to have his food. <laughs> Okay, so we're just going to take a couple minutes at the front of this podcast. Today's episode is really about lying and dealing with lying in our kids. But I thought it would be nice to just start out for a minute and talk about your the age group of your kids because you're just on the very starting end of when they would start lying. So we'll talk about that in just a minute. But first, I wanted to talk manners with you because you have done a great job at teaching your little guys to have manners. I know you picked them up, the 24-month, 23-month-old, from the nursery the other day, and they said when it was time to come in from the playground, he just kept saying, no, thank you, no, thank you. (laughs) They're so sweet with their manners. So um, how did you do it? Um, I think probably something you talk a lot about on here is consistency. And that has definitely been the biggest thing is just, you know, every, all the little things from the beginning when they're old enough to start making requests, you, you know, it starts with sign language. And one of the first signs I taught them was please. And that was how they would ask for something was they would, they would rub their chest, which is the sign for please. And, um, so starting from the beginning that before they even know what the words mean, they're just learning. That's how you request something. And then it's kind of already ingrained. And when they start to learn actual verbal language, they're able to voice that also. And just consistently, whenever they're asking for something or, or refusing something, you know, if I earlier, I even was playing with him and, you know, Oh, can I tickle your leg playfully? And he said, no. And just always say, no, thank you. You know, even in all the little moments, just noticing that and catching it. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a stern thing. You know, I was playing with him and tickling him and it wasn't, it was still a playful moment. And just reminding him like, oh, it's no thank you. And then respecting that, I think is also really big, respecting what they're saying, you know, and and um, if they're having an attitude about something. I know the other night you experienced this, mom, when, when Asher decided, he decided he did not want whatever, I don't remember the meal we were having, but he was mad about it. And he started, he's a screamer. So he gave us a good scream and had the attitude. And so it was immediate action of, 
I took him aside and, you know, you are not going to treat our family that way, having that attitude and disrupting their dinner. So you're going to turn around. I'm going to turn your high chair facing the other way and you're going to work out these emotions. And then when you're ready to apologize and be nice, then we can turn around and eat with the family again. So talking him through it, talking him through why it's not okay, why it's not loving your family to do that. and so, Well, it was super cute. I mean, if it can be cute for a little one to throw <laughs> it. But he, so he, you know, he did continue to fuss for maybe 30 seconds, and then he was quiet for maybe another 30 seconds, and then you heard a, I'm sorry, Mommy. It was so sweet. And he's 23 months old, but when we are consistent with them, And really letting them experience that you're not going to reward their bad behavior. Every part of, at every age of life, there is some conformity that needs to happen for a society, for a community, for a family to run smoothly. We need to have some systems and that includes manners as well, the way to treat people. And sometimes I think um, it's easy to think that since they're young, They're really too young to get it, but they really get it a lot sooner than we think. Another time that I saw this week with that, um, with Asher, the 23-month-old, he was saying, I don't want to, I don't want to. And you would tell him, we don't say, I don't want to. What do we say? We say, no, thank you. No, thank you. And it's teaching them to honor others with their words. And though, you know, there's three things that we want to focus on training with our kids is their actions, their attitudes, and their words. And I just really love how, how great a job you're doing, Becca, with your boys on that issue. So let's just switch gears for a minute. We will have you on another time to talk about toddlers more. But this episode today is about lying. So I thought I would ask you, what age did you start seeing um, the older one who is, he just turned three, he's 36 months. So, and his name is Jamie. So when did Jamie start lying, do you think? I really think the first time I noticed it, was maybe in the last two months. It was it was very recently, and it really took me off guard. I thankfully my husband was home at the time, so I was able to kind of look at him like, did that really just happen? Like I think it did. I wasn't ready for this, you know, like because of course you're never ready for the whatever negative behavior that you're gonna have to deal with. <laughs> so I don't even remember the specific situation, but it, I think it was something like Jamie and Asher got into something in the other room that they weren't supposed to. And I came in and found it and I asked him what happened here. And it, I think it was something from a high shelf that I was pretty sure only Jamie could reach and Jamie blamed Asher. And since I wasn't there, I hadn't had eyes on the situation to know if it was a full on lie or if it, if it really had been somehow Asher. So I was kind of you know, unsure of how to deal with it. So the way I talked to him about it in that situation was I I brought him close to me and I looked him in the eyes and I, I was like, Jamie, I really want to believe you because your word means so much to me. Our words and truth are so important. So I'm going to believe you right now because I wasn't here, but I need you to be telling me the truth. And I kind of explained truth is when I, I told him a different scenario of what truth versus what lying looked like that he could kind of understand. Because that's a hard concept for a three-year-old to understand. You know, it's it's not something visible that they can see. So 
So giving an example, I feel like can kind of help them understand it better. And then in that situation, since I wasn't there, I wasn't able to really give consequences. I wasn't sure if they were needed or not. Go ahead. Yeah, just even, well, what you said, that you made it important. You reiterated to him the importance of truth and his words and that his words matter. Mm -hmm. And whether he was telling the truth or not in that situation, he found out that mommy really cares about truth. Mm -hmm. And that's what we can do in those situations where it is unclear because, oh my, there's going to be lots of those times as a parent where you're not really sure either what's going on in their heart in a situation or what took place, but at least you can reiterate to them what is of Mm -hmm. value in these situations. And if you are consistent about that and... If you go into the next stage, kind of having an idea of what is going to be your plan of action. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because you're definitely at that stage where it is, they're on the fine line of how much they can comprehend. So definitely a three-year-old or a two-year-old has much more limited comprehension than a five-year-old. So it can be really difficult at any age to figure out what should the consequences be or what should my next action be as a parent in this situation? But it's especially difficult with toddlers and, and preschool age kids. Yeah, definitely something I'm learning is the more ahead of the game I can be, the better. So obviously we're not God. We don't know the future. We don't know what exactly with them is coming, but at least having on your radar, like, typically in this age of kid, these are the, you know, these are the things that start to come up next. So, or being a student of your child and seeing this is what their tendencies are. So in this case, okay, well now we know that Jamie has a possibility of lying, you know, in the near future to us. So what is our action going to be in that situation? So my husband, Dakota and I were able to sit down later and say, okay, this happened today. We weren't sure if he was or not, but that is now on our radar that that, you know, something that kids do in the future. So what will our action be? How, how are we going to deal with that in those situations? So we were able to figure out this will be the consequence. And then in the future, when it does happen with Jamie, if it's a situation where we're not sure, like this first time was, I would talk to him about if you're not telling me the truth and mommy finds out, I'm going to have to give you this consequence because I love you too much to let you go through your life, not telling the truth, you know? So having that explained to him again, he won't always understand it at first, but the more you, the more you explain, the more they grasp and know the importance of, and, and they see how much you do love them because you're willing to sit and explain that to them and help them really understand it. Absolutely. In fact, consequences, when when it comes to lying, something I always told you kids was, this is what the consequence is going to be if the, if lying happens. But if you come and tell me the truth on your own accord in a difficult situation where, you know, where normally you would get in trouble for whatever it was that happened, but you come and you tell me honestly about it, I'm going to celebrate the truth Mm -hmm. and I'm going to have great mercy in that situation. I'm just going to be so thankful that you were truthful and so proud of you for being truthful that it's going to be, I'm going to be really happy with you. And I've really, really enjoyed um, the results of that perspective with you kids and really 
reiterating it all the time with you. It made a huge difference in, in your honesty. I I totally agree with that. And I, I'm so thankful that I did learn that from you because I've seen Jamie telling the truth in hard situations for a long time now. So he had already been learning the value of truth before he ever learned the the danger of a lie. Um, so, you know, there would be situations where he had gotten into something and he and I would, you know, come and ask what happened here. And he would tell me, like, I did this and I would be able to tell him, like, oh, baby, you know, that's not OK. But I am so proud of you for telling the truth, you know, so it it turned into moments of cherishing, you know, tell, being able to tell him I'm proud of him and still still talking to him about how whatever he had done was not OK. But that he was such a, you know, such a good boy. And so just such good honesty there. So he had already learned the value of honesty, even though he didn't know what that was before he had to learn the hard lesson of the danger of a lie. Right. Celebrating what you want repeated in your child. That is what you're really talking about here. Mm. So awesome job. And I look forward to having you on again soon. And now we're just going to go into the rest of our show about lying issues with kids that are older than preschool. On a recent Facebook Live, I told you we would tackle the issue of lying in our children. And so I want to do that on today's podcast. So first of all, what is lying? Well, at our house, it is telling something that's not true, being deceptive, or withholding information that is pertinent to the situation. Like, for example, I'll tell the kids, I should not have to ask the perfect question to get the truth out of you. Truth should be something that you are clinging to and and seeing as a top priority in your life and who you are as a person. So truth should be easily forthcoming from you. As I'm talking to all of you, I realize I am talking to parents, to moms who have a two-year-old that's just learning how to lie, and I'm talking to moms that have an 18-year-old that may have just been deceptive with them. So there's a wide range of who who all I'm speaking to today. So some of it will apply and some of it won't. You'll just have to adjust it to your life situation and where you're at. So what is lying? Well, primarily, it is an act of self-preservation, protecting yourself from the truth. Whether you are lying to yourself or whether you are deceiving someone else, you are trying to preserve what you want over what is reality. The other thing about lying is that it is breaking relationship with the person that, that is being lied to. It's saying, I value hanging on to whatever I want truth to appear to be right now, I value that more than I value my relationship with you. Uh, Relationship without honesty is a fake relationship, in my opinion. Now, I have to tell you, at our house, being honest is the top character issue that, you know, I all of my kids would tell you that I hold that as a much higher issue than any other one that they could be dealing with, such as, I don't know, laziness 
or not following through, disobedience. This one, it to me, is the top one because it breaks relationship between the the one who's lying and God, and it breaks relationship between that person and whoever they're talking to. So as I have viewed relationships as of vital importance in a home, so therefore honesty is a top character trait that I'm going to just be a bulldog about making sure it's a priority with each one of my kids. And I shouldn't really use the term bulldog because that's not at all the, I guess, the tenacity of a bulldog. We sh- I could say that because I'm going to talk to you pretty soon about the concept of mercy seat parenting and what an important role that plays in dealing with a character issue in our child. So, okay, we know that um, we have come up with our definition of lying in our home. You guys need to do that in your home. Like I said, for me, it's being dishonest in any way, deceptive, withholding information, all of that in there. Now, the next little caveat that I want to say here is I never call my kids a liar. I will tell them, you are a person who tells the truth. You love truth. You value truth. And so you lying does not fit with that. That is not who you are. And so that is something that's really important to me also, really from learning the hard way with some of my older kids. I was not careful enough with the labels I would give them in a situation. And so I learned to be vigilant about not giving them a negative label. I do not want them to make their self-identity something related to any negative quality or any character trait problem. I want to be a visionary mom, really, who's letting them see that I believe in who they were meant to be and who they were called to be and who they were created to be. Not just, I I don't just see them as who they are in this moment today. So that's being a visionary mom. I talk about it quite a bit in my book, Wearing All Your Hats Without Wearing Out. But at this moment, I just want you to know that I feel like it's really important to never label my child a liar because I don't want them to take on that identity. Next thing I want to talk to you about related to this is root parenting versus surface parenting. And so our tendency is uh, a situation comes up where we find out that they've been lying or they confess or whatever, any form of lying. Our tendency is to want to react right then. And instead, what you really want to do in any important aspect of your parenting is take a step back and be able to really take a deep breath and slow down. You want to preserve your relationship in this process and you want to deal with their heart issue. You don't want to just be reactionary to the immediate situation at the moment. You want your response to be much more thorough and effective than that. So, The first step is really to preserve your relationship by slowing down to respond rather than reacting. Sometimes when I do this, I will tell my kids, you know what, this situation is very big and very concerning. And I know that I'm feeling a lot of emotions right now, feeling sad about this to feeling nervous about what this might represent. And so I need to take a step back and pray. I need to pray before I respond to this issue. Now, a lot of times that'll mean 
while I'm, I'll say, while I'm praying, I want you to go and sit on that chair over there and you pray too. And you be reflective about why did I do what I did and what's going on with that. And, you know, asking God to help reveal to you what might have been going on in your heart or your your mind at that time. But I need to go pray because I really need God to help me do this the right way. This is way too important of an issue for me to just react right now. So when I do tell my kids that I'm going to go pray about something, they know it's serious. And I think that's a good thing. We want our kids to be able to recognize what is most important to us, what are top priorities to us, and and taking this time is part of that. So speaking of time, you know, your child's heart is a time-consuming venture. You are tending the garden of your child's heart. Do gardens grow overnight? No. Do they change tomorrow? No. This is a long-term process, and we don't see the results immediately, and we can get discouraged about that, but we need to hang in there and remember that what we're working on is for that future harvest, not for just immediate change or immediate impact. So taking some time to step back and collect your thoughts and truly pray about it. You really do want God to intercede in this situation. You want him to start uh, working on their heart right now and and opening them up to being able to receive whatever you're going to come back and talk to them about. And you want them to be um, changing their heart. And so you need the God creator who created that child, who created your family relationship, you need him to get more involved, as involved as possible. And so he asks that we would pray when we want to seek him, when we want to seek answers from him. So take the time to do that. All right. The first thing that you want to start doing once you're ready to go deal with them is you want to have evaluated how much of a problem is lying with this child. Is it a regular habit or does it hardly ever happen? And this is a really rare occurrence. That's one thing you want to evaluate. Another thing you want to evaluate is how have you as a parent been modeling about truth? Have you been a parent that is honest, even when it's hard to be honest? And I don't mean, you know, there are some topics that are not appropriate for kids And I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about wearing your brain on your lips um, so that everything that's in your mind comes out your mouth. I am talking about you valuing truth, you valuing the relationship, you valuing your relationship with God. He calls us to be truth bearers um, and to, to not conceal things. So before you deal with your child, you really need to evaluate how have you been doing on this? So this applies in any kind of character situation that you're dealing with your child. You need to evaluate it in yourself first. There have been a lot of times when I have evaluated how I am in a given character issue, and I realize from that time of evaluation that I need to apologize that either I haven't been a good example in this area, and I believe that I've grieved the heart of God in my poor actions in that area, Or I may need to apologize that, you know, while I have had God's standard and lived by it, 
I have not required you to, child. I have not, I have not expected you to live to God's standard in this issue by following through with consequences when you, when you do this. So I am so sorry that I did not give you consequences when I should have, because what I really did by not giving you consequences was I said, it's not as big a deal as God says it is. It's not as valuable of an issue as God says it is. So a lot of times when I come back to the child, I have to start with apology. Now, what does that do? What would the different reaction be in your child? How would they react differently to you, A, responding in anger and tenseness about the situation, or B, starting with apologizing for how you haven't handled the past well in this area? Which one is going to leave them more open to the next step that you want to go to, and that is affecting their heart? Now, I have to tell you right off the bat, I still stink at this on plenty of days. I don't have it all together. I still do some reacting instead of responding. And I'm getting way, way, way better than I used to be, but I still have a long way to go. So mom, don't feel discouraged about how you have been handling things like this up to this point. Just feel excited that God has brought you to this moment today where we're talking about this together. And he says, you're ready now uh, to make some changes in how you respond instead of react in difficult parenting issue situations. So what I've been talking to you about is how to deal with the child. Now, I've also talked to you about evaluating first. Are they in a habit of this or it hardly ever happens? How am I modeling about this character issue, in this case, truth? How have I handled previous responses to my child? Have I given them consequences? How have I handled it? Um, So we've been doing some evaluation of the past. Now, the next phase really is to evaluate what's going on right now. Not even particularly this exact situation that has come up, but what's going on in their heart? Where are they at? If you could take inventory of their heart, what would you start to see today? And this is called root parenting versus surface parenting. Surface parenting, we react right away to the situation instead of really going beneath the surface and digging deep to discover what's going on in the complex recesses of your child's heart. Now, root parenting requires a few things. It requires mom to be something I call a barometer. That is a barometer is measuring um, something that you can't see with your eyes. It's measuring what's going on that's not visible. And God has just given moms uh, a special ability to do this. It doesn't mean that we automatically know what the problem is. It just means we recognize there is a problem. So it kind of starts first by you want to be prayerful today, even if you've got no issue going on with your child today, which is unlikely, of course, because they're human and we are too. So we haven't parented perfectly and they're human and haven't been living perfectly. So you probably have issues going on today, but let's just say that you didn't. 
Even then, you want to be praying that God would help you to be a better barometer in your child's life, more tuned in to what's going on in their heart. Um, Really having big red flags that go off when little bitty symptoms show up. So pray that you would be a, a stronger barometer. I That's another issue that I talk about in the book, Wearing All Your Hats Without Wearing Out. There's four main hats that a mom should be wearing. One of those is visionary, like I mentioned earlier. One of those bar- is barometer. Now, we sense that something is wrong. In this case, we got a huge red flag because we actually saw that our child lied or experienced that our child withheld important information that would have made a difference in the situation, or they were deceptive in some way. And we didn't label them. We just told them, this grieves the heart of God. I've got to go spend a little time praying before I deal with this. So I respond instead of react. I need you to sit over there and you be reflective and you pray and you think, evaluate what was going on in your heart in the situation while I'm praying too. And we're going to work on this together in a little bit. So now you've been off by yourself praying and then kind of reviewing the past, you know, habit or hardly a problem. How have you been handling it in the past with your own self and then in consequences with them when those things come up? Now we are in root parenting where we want to figure out what's going on. So this often requires going back to your child and just asking questions, not getting defensive with their answers, being quick to listen and slow to become angry in this process. There's probably a lot of things you're going to want to say, but try to resist and just ask questions and try to understand what was going on in the situation. Now, sometimes in that asking and listening to answers process, it's going to start revealing some things that were not even about the situation. And also, you may need to ask some questions like that, you know, to try to reveal what else is going on in their life besides this. So root parenting versus surface parenting. Okay, the next thing that you want to think about in situations like this is something I call mercy seat parenting. I learned about mercy seat parenting from the Heavenly Father in a time that I would call the biggest belly of the whale time in my life. I had several things going on that some of them were not my fault at all, but some of them were. Um, I, I was experiencing a lot of pain in my life in various areas, um, but one of those areas had to do with parenting my oldest daughter, my oldest child at that time, well, I mean, she's still my oldest child, but it was my daughter. And at that time, I was recognizing that I had actually been doing a really lousy job at parenting in a lot of ways. I had tried really hard and I meant well, but I had been completely overlooking some really, really key aspects that had negatively affected my daughter. Sometimes we can create wounds we don't even know exist. And, you know, praying and asking God to reveal those to you is hard to pray, but what a blessing it is to find out about them because then you can start healing and correcting. Hey moms, we're going to have to break here for part one of dealing with lying in your child. Wherever you are in your intentional parenting journey, we hope that you have been encouraged with some practical steps you can take to deal with the heart of your child and not just their actions. 
In part two of this talk, Val will explain just what she means by the belly of the whale experiences and what can happen through those times. Please be sure and join her for part two of Dealing with Lying in Your Child. You can find today's show notes and transcript at practicallyspeakingmom.com. There you'll find Val's blog, books, and the six rooms of the Intentional Mom's Home. If you found this podcast to be helpful, we would be honored if you would share it with others, subscribe to the podcast, follow her blog, and join in the Practically Speaking Mom's online community through Instagram and Facebook at Practically Speaking Mom. You can also join the Intentional Mom Strong Family private Facebook group to interact regularly with Val and lots of other Intentional Moms. Again, that's the private Facebook group Intentional Mom Strong Family. Val is looking forward to spending time with you again next week right here on the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, the place for an intentional mom to build a strong family. 